This is Dreamer to Creator, the podcast, with your hostess, Gabriella Bruner. This podcast was created to share stories of real people who dream and create. Their stories are inspiring. Their stories are resilient. Their stories are real. This podcast was Gabriella's dream, and she wants you to know that her dreams are possible, and so are yours. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dreamer to Creator, the podcast. I share that I am so excited about each one of my guests, and the reason is because I really was intuitively guided to select each one of these guests for the story that they're going to share with you. And I don't always know what that story is going to be, but each time, let me just tell you, I have not been disappointed in the slightest, not that I thought that I would be. And Today's guest is, oh, she has a piece of my heart. She is somebody that a year and a half ago, I didn't even know. And through being sisters in this beautiful mastermind together for a year and continuing that relationship on and having just a magical time at this retreat in Tulum, Mexico, I, I couldn't love this woman more. And the beautiful thing about her, amongst so many things, is that whenever I doubt my own capability to be my authentic self, I think of her. Whenever I doubt my own capability to open up my heart to a new experience, I think of her. And when I channel her beautiful energy and her smile and her voice, I seriously get goosebumps and tears in my eyes. And she is one of the most gifted creators in much more of a traditional sense that we think of because she is a graphic designer. She can draw things. She can make things look really fabulous. And with all of that, that's, that's a lot of times what we think more of like a creative person, right? Somebody who is artistic and can apply that. But she's a creator in more ways than that because of everything that she has manifested for herself in her life. So I am going to say hi to my beautiful friend, Rachel Fishman. How are you, my dear? Hi, Gabby. I'm good. (laughs) How are Mm. you? Thank you so much for having me. Mm. I am so good because we're here together (laughs) having this conversation. Yes. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about like the nuts and bolts of what you do and, and the beautiful story of, of who you are? I know that's a big question, but <laughs> it, it's going to give us some nuggets and we're going to go from there. Sure. I think at my core, I am a creative person, a, a creative soul, a creator, like you mentioned. And so I, uh, I grew up always... I I had a love for everything expression-wise. I loved theater. I loved performing. I loved art. I loved music. And I went to school to be a graphic designer. And I've always been an intuitive person, but I never really knew how to what what to do with that. And so once I, I got out of school and I moved out to California and I was trying to get a job as a graphic designer, I was I was just so shocked at at what I wasn't able to do. And I thought that I had been so well equipped in school to, to get a job and, and have a career and, you know, like do the ABC, like you go to school, you get a job X, you, you know, that was how I was raised. Mm. And so when that, that wasn't happening for me, I was like, what's going on? Like, what am I supposed to do? So I ended up going back to school. And shortly after that, I, I really discovered my spiritual path. Like I, I started getting into crystals and tarot cards and like all the Mm, yummy. (laughs) Yeah. All the like, you know, like gateway drugs to spirituality, like yoga and, and that it just like slowly started to click like, wait, like this, these gifts that I'm discovering, that is my intuition and the work that I love to do, which is like design branding like this is a business. 
(laughs) And I can help people with this. So I just about last year, I quit my job and I started on this entrepreneurial journey. Mm. And the core of what I do is I really desire to help entrepreneurs, small businesses, nonprofits, help them really establish their brand in terms of like their messaging and their values and their purpose. And then, okay, how do you share that with people Mm. Mm. authentically? Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a huge, I feel like authenticity is such a huge part of what your energy conveys to people. Mm. And the very first thing that was coming to mind as you were sharing your story was something that a lot of us, myself included, struggle with. This perception that we need to go to college, that we are going to get a job, and that's going to satisfy all of our dreams and desires. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be everything that somebody else says it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. And you experienced that. And so how did it feel when you, when you did this, you went to school for graphic design to, to explore, to have this platform for expression and you move out to California and you're like, uh, really now what, what is, why, why isn't my stuff happening? Like where I, I, I did everything I was supposed to do. So what happened there? Like what, what, do you recall from those experiences that were sort of those catalyst moments that helped shift your life to where you are now? Yeah, I think the first thing, major thing that happened was I ended up going back to school to get my master's in graphic design. And I feel very fortunate that I was able to be in a position to go back to school. And and what school did for me was it it really opened my eyes up to what the field of graphic design as a profession and as an as an art form can be Mm -hmm. um when i I went to like a a big 10 university for my undergrad and 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 graphic design there was like definitely pushing towards like a commercial route like Mm, interesting how do you make like a a magazine cover like newspaper ad like very kind of like old school kind of uses of graphic design Mm -hmm. and then when I got to grad school they were bringing in designers from Amsterdam and Europe and like Mm. just like graphic design it's it's research it's critical thinking it's conceptual it's 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 not even about design. It can really be, you can really take anything that you love and use graphic design to express that in some mm. way. Wow. And I was like, holy crap, like this completely opened up a box of possibilities of what I can do. Like I could go work at a museum. I could go work for an agency. I can go have my own practice. I can Like the possibilities were really endless. So that was like a huge life-changing experience for me. I love that you said that because so often I hear and I've heard from clients that a lot of times we, we defect from the establishment. We defect from the established ways to learn about something because we Mm -hmm. think, you know, you know, society tells us to go to school, right? Mm -hmm. And then we go to school and then it's like, crap, now I have to go back to school to get another degree. But what you just explained was how allowing yourself the opportunity to go back to school, which was something that, you know, it sounds like it was, it was available to you and it wasn't going to burden you, which is always fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. But what it allowed you to do is actually expand yourself even more. And I feel like education in whatever way you receive it, whether that's the more formal, you know, I'm pursuing a degree versus a lot of what we've done in our masterminds and all that kind of stuff, or even reading books. Anytime that you open yourself up to learning more about what you desire to do, it just opens up more doors and more possibility, which I love that you use that word because that's, that's, that's what I strive to show people Mm -hmm. that things are possible and how you can find possibility in the halls of a university. And, and yeah, and not only that Gabby, but like, the other huge thing that I gained from going to school is an entire network mm. 
Like, Amen, sister. <laughs> like I, got to, I got to go to Amsterdam twice to study with like the best of the mm. best designers in the world. And like, they know me by name. And like, the director of the program, like, is constantly referring to me for jobs that all these companies are asking, like, send us your students, send us your alumni, like, that in it, in it of itself is priceless. Oh my gosh, incredibly priceless. And I mean, do I have $50,000 in debt? Like, yes. Eh, just enough. But right? <laughs> like, compared to what I received from that experience, mm. it just, it's kind of like, yeah, exactly. Like, just a number. And I love that you shared that. I love that you went there with that because so often, and myself included, like I look at my law school debt, which is after 10 years, woo, a little over, a little under 60,000 after paying off for 10 years. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the beautiful way of looking at a lot of these experiences, especially things that we've, that we've done in the past, right? Things that we can no longer change. We can't go back and erase our debt from school or anything like that. But if you can look at it for the trips to Amsterdam, the connections that you've made with people, the meaningful connections that you've made with people, not just like giving them a business card at a networking event. Mm -hmm. When you immerse yourself in a passion, it shows. I feel like that's what your master's degree allowed you to do. It allowed you to immerse yourself in something that you were passionate about. And because of that, you attracted the attention of all of these amazing people. Yeah. And I... I had to like work my ass off like mm. so the the program was like three it was during the summer so it was three summers and two partial semesters in the spring and after the first summer like my first year we had like our annual reviews at the end of the the summer and I was scared like they were like this is not where you need to be like this like it was just it was really like oh my god like mm. okay I need to step my game up. So after that first summer, I took all these classes. I just was like, okay, like I just got to I just got to push and I got to, you know, take advantage of this experience for what it is it is bringing to me. And I like I came out on the top of like of of my class. Like <laughs> not, <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> but I worked for it, you know, and yeah. I understood the I think a lot of people that were there, they didn't, they didn't take advantage of the opportunity or mm. I, I keep coming back to that word, like resourcefulness. Like I'm very resourceful. Mm. And, and when an opportunity presents itself, you gather up your resourcefulness. And, and yeah, like I, I was, do you listen to, or have you heard of Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. Gary V. Yeah. I was listening. Him. Yeah. I was listening to his stuff the other day and he said something like it, it doesn't matter if you don't have any resources, as long as you're resourceful, mm. you can do anything that you want to do. Exactly. Like no, and I, yeah, I have somebody else who said something very similar to that. A woman named Jen Groover said, creativity is your unlimited capital. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people don't under, they don't realize that within themselves. And I think that's a big part of what I also help people to do is, is tap into their own inner resources. Mm. Because I've been able to do it. Yes, absolutely. That's a perfect segue. Let's tap into how you, how you started to use your intuition. How did you start to understand that you, well, you know, honestly, we're all intuitive people. It's right. just to what degree we use and access and acknowledge our intuition. So, so was there a time where you used it less or did you always know about it? Or kind of what's your story as you relate yourself to intuition? I think, well, when I first started, like, knowing about developing my intuition it it was all about like more towards the the psychic side of it like oh like medium clairvoyant like re fortune telling like i thought that was what intuition only was mm, you and, and the rest of us right <laughs> yeah and so i was like well developing my intuition what's that going to make me like psychic like right. what's that going to help me to do am i going to open up a tent in a carnival with like, a crystal <laughs> ball right yeah <laughs> but as i started to really understand it more and that was totally like props to Caitlin Edgar for helping both of us with that mm -hmm. I realized that my intuition is actually just like my what I run on on a normal basis mm. and how I started to notice that 
was, I was like, you know what? My resourcefulness, that is my intuition. Oh, wow. That's a tweetable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary V, are you listening? Yeah, right? <laughs> he will listen. <laughs> he will. So I was like, okay, if I can do this for myself, what can I do for other people? So I just started having sessions after I quit my job. I, I just started having these sessions with people. I was like, I'll just help. Like, I'm just going to help you. And I did like 20 free sessions. Mm. And I started to see that like people already have, um, they're already doing so much amazing work and they don't think that they don't think that what they're doing is enough. They don't think that what they're doing is working. They don't think that what they're doing is good. And my intuition comes in and takes a look at that big picture of what they're doing for their brand or their passion or their business. And it sees this is working. And then this is how we can expand it. Mm. Or if this isn't working, what else can we do? It's resourcefulness. Like I'm just it having is. a, re I'm having like a revelation. Like, yeah, it's resourcefulness. It's, it's, it's showing people how resourceful they are. And, and like it's nothing said, outside of themselves. Right. Exactly. And that's the piece where, okay, we're going to go somewhere with this. <laughs> so it's inside of us, right? Yeah. But yet you and I are both products, if you will, of a beautiful mastermind program that's mm -hmm. external. We have educations that are external. We have degrees. We have mentors. We have books that we've read that are external. So this is actually a question that I pondered with one of my own mentors is, if I have everything inside of me already, why do I need a mentor? Why do I need someone like you, for example? Aside from the obvious, you know, you provide them a tangible, you know, logo and all that kind of stuff. You're obviously much more than that. But mm -hmm. when you think graphic designer, you don't think someone who's going to help me with tapping into my intuition. You think someone who's going to help me create a visual thing. So how do you, how have you found that this works for yourself, that you have it all within you, yet you still have a circle outside of you that helps support that internal growth? I think it's absolutely necessary. Like mm. I would not be where I've gotten today. And it's not just like me paying for a coach and, and a mastermind. It's like, it's like how me and you are, are friends and we just like text each other for support. It's mm -hmm. that stuff. And I think people, especially like intuitive people who are healers and, and they're also trying to be entrepreneurs, they get so stuck in their own cycles and they just, they aren't able to see themselves the way other people can see them. Mm. And Reflection so, is what's coming up. Exactly. And they, they, maybe they hear like, oh, you have it all within you, but then you, you hear that and you're like, well, how the, how the, how do I find that? You know, like, let it out, oh, sister. Let it out. <laughs> how do I see it? I, I don't. And, and that's where like, it's so helpful to have someone come in and reflect that to you. And that's a concept that I didn't understand before working with, you know, Caitlin and being with all of you guys, this concept that the world around us can serve as a mirror. And it's a hard truth, isn't it? I mean, who yeah. wants to look at themselves in the mirror everywhere they go and constantly have things reflected back to them, the pretty and the not so pretty? So well, I know that you and I personally have shared experiences where we've been like, holy crap, what is that all about? So as you've tapped into your intuition and as you've strengthened that gift that you have, how has, how has reflection served you? And, and how have you dealt with the, the not so pretty sides of reflection? Yeah, well, I think there's an interesting thing that's coming up for me because I think a lot of the the other part of it is like people are are being reflected at all the time, but it's like not a reflection of themselves. Mm -hmm. And the way I exp I'll explain this is like people who are trying to do their own thing, trying to start a business, whatever they're trying to do, and everyone's like, "Who do you think you are? You can't do that." Right. What you you think you're going to make money from this? You're not going to you're not going to make it. You're not going to get anywhere and like it's all being just like thrown at us. And and that's like a reflection of like the person saying that stuff. Right. But they're not able to really reflect the truth of what it is for that other person. And I think the difference between like what you and I are able to do 
is we're able to like hold that space for reflection that's totally supported by love. Yeah. And it's not fear-based. Yeah. And it's not about me. Like it's not about what I think you should do. Mm -hmm. It's about what do you want to do and how can we like help you do that? (laughs) And that's a big question because how often in your sort of, let's just call it pre-intuitive life, you've always been intuitive, but pre more everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, How often have somebody seriously sat down with you and said, Rachel, what do you want? And then truly listened for the answer to allow you to actually get to that place where you can articulate what you truly want, not what your mom wants for you, not what your school wants for you, not what your kids want for you, but what you in your heart truly want. I feel like we don't, we don't get those opportunities very often. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I was, I'm thinking about my experience just like I was able to have very supportive parents where if like I wanted to do something, I was pretty much able to do it. Mm-hmm. Like if that's what I decided I wanted to do, my parents were, were like, okay, like you can do it. Like if I wanted to take dance classes, if I wanted to go to <laughs> summer camp. So I kind of, and, and I mean, that's a privilege, of course, but it also kind of like worked to my advantage now because I have that thinking of like, I can do whatever I want to do. Right, right. I mean, now I'm like working for it myself, but like, I don't, I, I did not have that patterning of, we can't do that. We can't afford that. You're, we will never be able to do, like, I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate to not have had that experience. So what do you say to people who have had that experience? I think, honestly, like, it is a little tough for me to relate on like a more surfacey level because I can't say like, I know I've been through that. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is like how they're feeling on the inside. It it goes back to that like universal, like from, from a higher perspective, from a soul perspective, like I can empathize with them Mm -hmm. and hold compassion for what they're experiencing. And I don't know. It's, it's like, just like, listening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of my greatest skills is listening. And sometimes people don't even need you to say anything. Because people don't know what it feels like to be truly listened to. Yeah. It's such a gift. I mean, the, the instant image that comes to my mind is how we have, as a society, we have, we've stopped listening. And and we ask the questions that sound like we're listening, but we've stopped like the typical like, Hey, Rachel, how are you doing? And then you're like, you're conditioned to say good because you've been told people don't want to listen to how you're actually doing. And it's like, well, then don't ask me that question because I would like to tell you how I'm actually doing. (laughs) But people, you know, people don't always have the time to listen. And that's another reason why I feel like the type of support, whatever it looks like, right? I mean, you hit the nail. It doesn't have to be a big time intensive mastermind. It could be that friend that you message that can give you the gift of listening. But when somebody can listen to you and truly just be there with you, you through your own intuitive gifts can strengthen them and can just uncover so much by having somebody just listen to you. Mm -hmm. And I truly feel like that's a big, huge component of what you offer the world and your clients. Yeah, I think it's extremely important. And it's like, yes, okay, we're listening. But then, like, what is that other piece? Because sometimes, like, there are times, and it's not necessarily, like, with clients, but, like, family members or, like, friend. Like, sometimes I, I don't, like, know what to say. And there's times when I'm like, okay, do, do, does this even require saying anything at all? Or does it just require, I hear you? Mm-hmm. And I would have never, like, known how to communicate this way if I had not met all of you. I had not worked with an intuitive coach if I had not started down a spiritual path. Like none of, I wouldn't be attuned to any of this. Discernment is the word that comes up. Mm-hmm. It's like we've refined our palate in such a way that it's allowed us to pick up on these nuances. I feel a lot of times that that's one of the most beautiful gifts that my legal education has given me is is the ability to to discern between 
things like these subtle things that may be just glossed over when you don't when you haven't refined your palate in such a way. Yeah. And yeah, and like tapping into your intuition and being around people who who use that skill and that gift first and foremost. At first it's uncomfortable. At first it's like, I'm sorry, you just told me you're going to do what? Check in? Check in with who? About what? What's going on here, you know? And then you realize that it's really checking in with yourself. It's checking in with your gut. It's checking in with this higher power that is allowing you to pick up on the subtleties so that you can show up in the really in the most beautiful way possible. And it's also about like receiving too, because I, so many people, they don't, they feel like they're not worthy of receiving support or they're not worthy of being loved. And so when you're, (laughs) you're coming to people and you're like, how can I support you? They're like, what? Like they don't, it's, it's a very interesting way of, of, of being and and a lot of people who aren't familiar with this this kind of work or this kind of stuff they they get really uncomfortable with it and so that's like the starting point it's like how can i allow myself to receive love for myself so that i can receive support and love from others mm. and that was something that i went through during our our sisterhood yeah yeah and how how did it impact you? I mean, what what lessons did you learn? What drove you to continue? I'm asking you like 500 questions, but <laughs> the point is, this is something real that you experienced. And so, how did you move through that? I well, I really I, I moved through it first of all just by 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 being really true to like who I was, and that's why I like put on the costume like I, I'm always drawn to like expressing myself through performance and like that's when I feel alive so like allowing you guys to see me <laughs> like singing to you and performing yeah. for you that was really like cathartic for me and then the other piece of it was when Caitlin our our coach gave me an invitation to speak up when I was feeling uncomfortable mm. and and I did <laughs> you know, when like you did not only receiving the invitation, but actually like taking advantage of that resource. Yeah. That's what makes the healing possible. Cause someone could talk to you all day and give you advice and advice and advice. But if you do not internalize that wisdom and, and understand how you can use it to move your own healing, then what's what does it matter? Like it's just words in one ear out the other. Exactly. It's like exactly. alchemizing that. Mm. Mm. That is such a powerful thing. And I feel like a big theme of our conversation today is seeing having the ability to see an opportunity and acting upon it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is truly the difference between people who dream for the sake of dreaming and people who dream to create. Mm. And through that, there's a, there's a lot of space in between dreaming and creating. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like, like make it seem like it's just this little, little step, right? Mm-hmm. But when we allow ourselves, first of all, to open up to the possibilities of dreaming, and then as we dream and we become more open to possibility, those possibilities show up much like you expressed in your um, higher education experience, and then acting upon it. So like the invitation that Caitlin gave you, if you didn't feel safe enough to accept her invitation, it would have been in one ear out the other, and you wouldn't have had the opportunity to heal that piece of yourself or to move through that piece of yourself. So it's like invitations are being presented to us, I feel, all the time. And it's allowing ourselves to tap into that intuition to see which invitations are going to move us in the right direction. And those invitations could be really challenging too. Yeah. They don't always have to be these, you know, rainbows and unicorns and puppies. Sometimes the the harder invitations are the ones that are the most are going to prime us most for growth. So I love that you. I love how all of that is weaving into your story about possibility and accepting invitations and taking action and then seeing the the results, seeing the beautiful efforts of your experiences, you know, manifesting all around you. And that's what I'm going to be able to take to other people and be mm-hmm. like, I think it's so interesting that the, like the bit, like the main thing that we teach is always like the main thing that we are like learning in this right? lifetime. Like we're our own best students, right? 
<laughs> and like that's I'm trying to teach people how to put themselves out there authentically and express themselves and that's something that I've had to work on my entire life I'm still working on it yeah and it's just fascinating but like the the thing that makes me be able to like be a teacher and a leader is that I did accept that invitation mm-hmm. I did do the healing around it but like a lot of people don't do that Gabby they they don't they don't know how to help themselves. They don't know how to heal themselves. Sometimes they don't even know they need healing. <laughs> right, right. I'm really taking that in because I feel like that message, is, 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 it's got this ripple effect where it's going to touch a lot of people that don't even know that they're being touched. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. ah, that just feels so impactful and profound because a lot of us don't. We don't know that. And through a lot of experiences and a lot of times they're negative, you know, a lot of times they're experiences that we perceive as negative. Someone passes away, you know, you have that proverbial brick that falls on your head and that's what wakes you up to the next thing because you're deciding there's like a before and after moment, you know, Mm -hmm. your life before this experience and your life after this experience. And a lot of times this is when we have this spiritual awakening, or this is where we have this moment where we decide we don't want to live the way we've been living. And that's when we start to acknowledge a lot of stuff. But how beautiful if we can look at ourselves as these, almost like like a book on a bookshelf. Like, hmm, let's see what's in these pages. Let's see what we can come up with. Let's be curious about all of this stuff and see what, what we can create out of our lives and take some of that, that judgment out of it and just have fun. Like as if we were a, a case study or something in a psychology class or something like that. And just see where we could... We, improve and grow and and just have even more experiences that will give us more experiences really (laughs) yeah I would love to talk to you about your own creation process because not only are you a graphic designer so there's a whole creation process in that in and of itself and then you're also an entrepreneur with your own business and I'd love to just kind of hear how you do that like what what is your creation process Rachel wakes up in the morning and she says I'm going to do this. (laughs) Well, I think there's kind of two, there's different sides to that because I think there's like the more, and this this is not necessarily part of the creation process. This is just more a part of the like, what do we need to do today to like just get things done? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not that Mm -hmm. they're like not fun to do or that I don't want to do them, but like there's just that aspect of like, do of doing the work essentially working and then there's the the more like I run my business pretty much all intuitively I'm starting to get into a more of a balance of like more practical and strategized and logical form of running a business but everything that I create for my business all my offerings all of my stuff that I'm sharing that is all like intuitively guided and Sometimes I'll sit down and tap into my intuition for ideas, but to be honest, like they just come. <laughs> they mm. just come and I feel it and I'm like, this is an idea. I love this idea. This is something like my heart wants me to do. So I ri- I'll write it down and I'll I'll figure out what the next step is. And how do you how do you decide which ideas because that's something that I've experienced personally is sometimes I have like 150 ideas coming in at once. And so how do you decide which ones you're going to write down or which ones you're going to potentially take that next step on? I, I think about like the bigger picture. Like if I get an idea for an idea, <laughs> I'll look at it and say, okay, what, why did this idea come to me? Like what is this? If I follow through with creating this, thing like what is the intention behind it and and what is it trying to like get me to (laughs) and I don't I don't like talking about it like that because I I think it's never like a means to an end like the bottom it's not about like the bottom line but it it is in terms of like what is my intention and what is my goal with this because otherwise it's just doing something just to do it right which can be fun too but not yes. when you're like when you're running a business, you know, like you said, it's not always about the bottom line, but there is a bottom line that that you are desiring also to meet. Yeah, and there's a lot like, of times there's an there's 
there's a spiritual bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The spiritual bottom line. Yeah. I think we're onto a book or something. Yeah. <laughs> so when you take an idea, you get an, you get an idea, an idea for an idea. And then where do you go with it? How do you play with it? How do you explore it? Well, I am not even lying to you when I say my entire business has been built off of me reading my tarot cards. <laughs> oh, how beautiful. I know that, but how beautiful. <laughs> so I'll give you a very specific example. So I had an idea over the weekend of like, I was feeling I wanted to like offer something for free in my business. And I wanted to offer not necessarily like an opt-in, maybe an opt-in, but like just something that I can do to bring people together and, and create like excitement. And I literally like had an idea for just a, a challenge, like a five-step challenge, not necessarily branding focus, but really just like to help people put themselves out there authentically in their business and feel good about it. And so, okay, I, 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 I write everything on like the little text edit notes I have like mm -hmm. thousands yeah. of those. I know, me too. <laughs> so I put, okay, I, I ask questions. I ask questions. I pose questions. How can I, like, what is the intention for this idea? And then I pull a card and I, I interpret based off of that card that I pulled. And then I, I get the guidance that there's five steps in this challenge, just intuitively. So I say, step one, pull a card, then write, write whatever guidance comes through. Step two. Like, what is step two? Like, it's all about asking questions and allowing, like, your own intuition to answer them. Right. That's and trusting the answer that comes up. Mm-hmm. Which I don't always do. Like, mm. sometimes I'll pull a car and I'll be like, no, no, that's not. Right. Like, You're just like, I, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've done that, too. And I'm like, and I'm like, ooh, those are the ones I need to pay extra special attention to. Yeah, because I get confused. I'm like, wait, I don't, I don't understand this guidance. So, like... I'm just going to write it off, but I'm mm -hmm. trying to be better about that. Mm. But that's literally what I do. So, and then after that, so that's like where the real like meat of the creation is happening. And then after that, I go towards the practical. Okay, how can I ground this in? How can I structure this so that it's really thing I can actually put out into the world? And I love that you don't always know what those practical steps are going to be. You mm -hmm. just know that there are practical steps. And through the, the ritual, the process of asking these questions and listening to your own guidance, you get the answers on the practical steps. Because someplace, sometimes I get lost in thinking that I need to map everything out 100%. And if it deviates from my plan, right. then... I'm not on the right track or there's something wrong or, you know, something like that. And I can, I can be pretty hard on myself. And throughout this journey that we've, we've been together, one of the things that I've come to understand is that there is a joy. There is a lot of fun in making that to-do list or in writing down these action steps. Even if your intuition guides your action steps, also knowing that the universe could bring you something different that could totally change the whole thing, but make it better. And yeah. that excitement and that sort of like wild card unknown kind of thing. A lot of times people equate that with anxiety, mm -hmm. fearing what's going to happen. But I am really wanting to reframe that mm -hmm. and saying, why don't we turn it into excitement? The fact that I could potentially throw this entire list out the window and start completely new and have something come out better than I could have even dreamed of in that initial moment when I started. Have you experienced something like that? Yeah. And well, that's amazing because I'm reading this book right now. It's called The Originals. It's in my backpack here by Adam Grant, I think is his name. Mm. And I was just reading this morning that of course they, did you were. A, they did a study <laughs> about students who had to like give a public speech in front of their peers. And they had half of the people say, say to themselves, I'm nervous or I'm anxious before giving the speech and then the other half they had them say to themselves I'm excited mm. and guess who performed better oh, in the speeches I can guess <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's like why you see basketball players put on their favorite music and like dance and jump around or like you know every not everybody but a lot of people know Tony Robbins and that's something that he does too that's something he does even in in his um, sem seminars and presentations that he does, he literally gets the entire audience to stand up and jump around and move and scream and shake 
and like get themselves excited. And if you can do that about an idea, oh my gosh, you're going to attract so many more ideas to make it bigger and better and bigger and better and more you, I think. I agree. Mm -hmm. And I I want to read this little paragraph from the book because I just Oh, yes, please, please. So for people listening, the book is called Originals by Adam Grant. And this is a paragraph on the fear. To overcome fear, why does getting excited work better than trying to calm yourself down? Fear is an intense emotion. You can feel your heart pumping and your blood coursing. In that state, trying to relax is like slamming on the brakes when a car is going 80 miles per hour. The vehicle still has momentum. Rather than trying to suppress a strong emotion, it's easier to convert it into a different emotion, one that's equally intense but propels us to step on the gas. Wow. Yeah. What a beautiful way to reframe that. Like, don't just shut it off. Turn it into something more magnificent. Yeah. So I I kind of like misspoke when when I was explaining this experiment earlier. Instead of saying I'm scared, they were asking people to say I'm calm. Mm, because mm-hmm. like when people get scared like what's the first thing people tell them to do like oh just try to relax try to stay calm but like that actually doesn't work wow always sometimes does getting calm can be a platform to getting excited potentially for some mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. but the concept behind it is is to take that into something else exactly isn't that isn't that amazing of course i would read that of course you did yeah just fu- Half an hour ago or whatever. Right? <laughs> but that's why I love these conversations because you really, I mean, as much as you try and plan them, like something bigger and better is destined to come out. And, and neither one of us knew that you were even, I didn't even know you were reading that book. I, I didn't even know that it was about that. And here we are, right? Sharing an exact passage about something that came up. And that's just so cool. So one of the and things that I... connected. It is. It is. And I really feel like the more that we open ourselves up to see those connections, the more, you know, sounds simplistic, but the more that we see those connections and we see how, how much the world around us is talking to us with everything. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. I know. I know. And it's like, we would, I would never have even been aware, like known of that had I not opened myself up to the possibilities of that. Let's talk about that a little bit more. How have you found yourself, if you, can, if you can recall specific instances when you went from maybe being a little bit closed to being more open or mm-hmm. just being, if you can verbalize what, what that means, what being open to more possibility means? Well, I think one example that's coming immediately to mind is like seeing signs. Like a lot of people, when they're trying to open themselves up to spirituality, it's like, looking for signs, right? Signs from spirit, signs from the universe. Yeah. And people are like, how do I see signs? Or like, how can I receive signs? And it's like, the signs always are going to be there. They were always there. The moment that it changes is when you start to see the signs everywhere you look. Mm. And I don't even know like how you do that (laughs) or how to tell people to do that. But like, that's just something that happens when you become more aware of yourself, when you become more aware of what's around you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of the most, that's like a more specific example that I thought of. And what comes to mind too is a, is a specific example of mine from more recently. So I'm an Angels of Intuition with Caitlin Edgar again this year. And we had our first retreat in Puerto Escondido, Mexico in March. And I had just moved to a new state. I mean, seriously, I was here for two weeks and then I left to go to Mexico for like almost 10 days. (laughs) And we were all struggling with plane tickets because for whatever reason, Puerto Escondido, which literally means hidden port, Mm. is probably a hidden port. And so people really need to want to get there in order to get there. And I remember just feeling layer upon layer of guilt. I'm, I'm just leaving, like I'm leaving my, you know, my kids with, their grandparents, which of course they were thrilled because (laughs) they're here, right? But just all of these layers and beating myself up, right? I shouldn't go. Maybe this isn't the right time. And because of my experiences and because of opening myself up to receive signs, I remember being on the little shuttle transport from the airport to the house that we were staying at. And when I got there, the first thing I saw so there was one little restaurant in the airport and it was called Alexander's, which is my son's name. Mm. 
Then we travel a little bit further out and I see have breakfast at Lucy's, which is my daughter's name. And then we keep going a little bit more and there's this huge billboard that says Los Tres Reyes, the three kings Aww. or the three reyes. And well, my father has passed away, but my, that's, that's my maiden name. Reyes is my maiden name. And so it's my mom, my sister and I. And then the last sign that I saw, and this is literally just being in the car, you know, just having my eyes open was this beautiful gate, you know, it must have been a gate to like a plantation or whatever it was out there with the initials J on one side and G on the other. And my husband's name is Justin. And so literally, some of the most important people in my life showed me that I was exactly where I needed to be. Oh, my gosh. Because they were all there with me, you yeah. know, to see all of those little things. And I think just being open to the fact that they could mean something to you. And who was to say that they didn't mean something to me, right? I'm the only one who gets to decide mm. <laughs> if what the signs mean to me. But that was just an example that I had recently when I was really feeling like I shouldn't, I didn't, I shouldn't have been there. And then to have these confirmation signs, really in the form of my entire family, was just, it was just so beautiful and reassuring. And I think being open to that and allowing yourself to feel what you feel when you see the sign, and, you know? And, yeah. And also asking, like, did you ask for a sign? I did. I think in my own yeah. way, I did. I don't think I affirmatively said, okay, God, give me a sign that I'm supposed to be here. But through my, through my doubt and hesitation, I think the question was there, you know? Yeah, because I think, I think you have to ask. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I think that's like the first kind of advice I've, that I've seen when someone is asking, like, how can I see more signs is like, ask. Ask, which is a, which is a metaphor for everything. Mm -hmm. Ask, ask for what you need. Oh, I love this so much. <laughs> you, are so, you are seriously such a gift. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you. I love to leave the listeners because the the whole heart of this podcast in addition to the first heart of this podcast is a platform for beautiful souls like you to share their story to reflect and to really share their journeys and just to show you know how we all have unique experiences and how beautiful those unique experiences are and then the other part is is what advice do you have or what wisdom do you wish to share from your own experiences because you went from dreaming to creating every day you go from dreaming to creating and and a lot of yeah. people out there want to do that so what wisdom maybe better than advice um would you like to leave people with hmm, that is a very very good question because i feel like i have a lot of wisdom <laughs> but it, it's really for me at the core of the entire journey been an experience of really listening to my own desire and separating that from what I have been told should be my dreams mm. or what somebody else. I think like when you really understand how it feels to to really listen to like what your soul is trying to tell you like yeah because we have we always have a choice like we have free will as like human beings and so we can choose not to listen but even like like just taking that risk almost of listening mm -hmm. to the yes for you when it's a no for everyone else and and being able to like <laughs> have that knowing of like this is this is what's right for me this is what's true for me mm -hmm. you just feel so fulfilled mm. within yourself you know and other people see that and I think I was talking to our friend Ashley yesterday about this like because she was worried about her putting herself out there how people would receive it like they would think she's crazy or they would think she's like like a weirdo and I'm like this is what we were born to do we were born to inspire other people to go and live their dreams so but we can't do that unless we are actively trying to live our dreams every single day oh amen I and love that I just kind of keep that in mind you know like I may not be able to see it but 
I know that what I'm doing, as long as I continue to do what I love to do and share that with other people, like it's gonna show other people that this is possible for them. That their version is possible for them, whatever that is, right? Yeah. Because as we get courage to live our own dreams and show people that your dreams are valid, whatever your dreams are, you can, you can create that because it's, it's, it's exactly as you described it. Oh, that's so beautiful. There's no need to try and (laughs) rephrase what was already beautifully said. Oh my dear. Oh, this is so fantastic. (laughs) There are people waiting to connect with you, like waiting so you need to tell all the folks out there who want to get some Rachel Lovin how they can connect with you. Yes, they can. I'm really trying to like build my Instagram game right now. So you mm. can follow me on Instagram at process progress and you can connect with me through there. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So once you find her process progress, then you can check out all the incredible magic that she has and reach out to her. She wants to serve you and you know who the you is out there. You know, (laughs) (laughs) my dear, this has been such an honor and such a privilege. And I am so grateful to have been able to share this time with you. And ah, I just look forward to, to everything like cheers, cheers, <laughs> yes. cheers to everything you've created and everything you will continue to create. I love oh, you so much. Thank you, Gabby. I love you too. And <laughs> we'll be talking soon. Okay. Bye everybody. Thank you so much for being part of Gabriella's dream. You can learn more about Gabriella at thenewfirm.co. A special thank you to Hope Welty Library, Sally Mercedes in the A Year Ago Today podcast, Joshua Weeders, and each one of the guests.